If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. I'm Fiona Bartholomeus, in for Kyle Poletto, and welcome to Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly recap on the biggest news in gaming. Each Sunday, I'll take you through the biggest updates, exciting reveals, and controversies in video games. Here is the news for Sunday, 12th of June. Let's go. Hello, everybody. I'm Jeff Keeley, and this is Summer Game Fest, a live showcase of what's next in the wide, wide world of video games. We are live here. That's right, E3 might be on hiatus this year, but online streaming events have once again filled the gap to reveal a whole new heap of releases and games that will be coming out soon. It all kicked off with Friday's morning's Summer Games Fest, featuring a variety of big franchise announcements and smaller indie releases. Here's the highlights. If there was one major trend of the show, it was that sci-fi horror is back in a big way. We were treated to more trailer and gameplay footage for the upcoming sci-fi horror game, The Callisto Protocol, made by Striking Distance, a team of devs who originally worked at EA to create the Dead Space series. Routine, which was first announced nearly a decade ago, the new trailer featured some impressive atmospheric visuals and the announcement that Doom Eternal's composer Mick Gordon would be working on its soundtrack. Tindalos Interactive revealed a new cinematic trailer for Aliens Dark Descent, a brand new third-person action game set in the Alien Cinematic Universe. The atmospheric trailer featured a whole group of marines beset by angry xenomorphs. Independent game studio Fallen Leaf revealed Fort Solace, their brand new science fiction thriller game set on Mars. Starring Troy Baker, The Last of Us, and Roger Clark, Red Dead Redemption 2, it looks to be tense cinematic experience. Something's going on here. And I need to find out what it is. If you're a fan of real-time strategy games, Frost Giant Studios, a group of several former Blizzard staffers who worked on StarCraft 2 and WarCraft 3, they announced a brand new RTS game called Stormgate. It's a mix of fantasy and science fiction. Here's Frost Giant CEO Tim Morton to explain it. All right, so Stormgates are portals that open during a massive solar storm that unleash the infernal host on future Earth. First thing I want to say is we are very consciously trying to stay true to what players already love about RTS, um, where we're really trying to push the genre and be innovative. First off, approachability. Um, for one thing, we're free to play, uh, but no pay to win, no NFTs, nothing like that, um, just to 
lower that barrier to entry to get players in. But we're also really trying to be a lot more social. Um, so you'll be able to play the campaign cooperatively. We've got three-player open-ended co-op. Um, and we've even got three versus three for competitive multiplayer. But of course, we've also still got 1v1 competitive. Sticking with strategy games, Fire Axis, the team behind XCOM, revealed a whole host of new information about their new turn-based tactical game, Marvel's Midnight Suns, which sees iconic Marvel superheroes, including Blade and Spider-Man, teaming up to stop an alien invasion of Earth. Japanese publisher Bandai Namco revealed One Piece Odyssey, a brand new JRPG set in the One Piece universe, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the franchise. It's not long now until we have a new Saints Row game upon us. The franchise reboot, simply titled Saints Row, is out on August 23, and developer Volition showcased their new character creator, which is now available for pre-release downloads, so players can get busy tinkering with their avatars. And finally, Sony confirmed details of the hotly rumoured remake of The Last of Us Part 1. It will be launching on September 2 on PlayStation 5 and also Windows PC. The game will feature updated graphics, a reworking of the game's combat system to align it closer to The Last of Us Part 2, and will most likely release in time for HBO's TV adaptation of the series. Here's Naughty Dog's co-president Neil Druckmann with the details. Uh, we wanted to give people the definitive version of the, the first game that wasn't encumbered by any technology. Uh, wanted to find a way to get even closer to our original vision, uh, and we're able to do it on the PS5 and PC and we, we came up with a process where you could take the original uh, animation that we did for the faces and kind of like retarget it on these new rigs that have a lot more fidelity. Uh, rebuilt from the ground up, uh, same art director, re-art directed the whole thing from the ground up. Um, but the, the great thing about these faces is that um, they're closer to the original performance. All the animators went and studied those videos and got it closer to what you did on set than we could have achieved before. Um, and that's just like one of the things um, we could talk about, like this brand new AI, like all the combat is, like, is, is redone. Um, just uh, the fidelity of everything, 60 frames per second, all the stuff you're getting on the PS5. Again, we wanted to give, knowing because of the show, because this, they're all, all new players for PS5 and PC, we wanted them to have the definitive version of The Last of Us. The next big gaming event was Netflix's Geeked Gaming Showcase. It was live on Saturday morning and featured a whole heap of gaming-related announcements, including Dragon Age Absolution, a new standalone TV show inspired by the Dragon Age universe. It will be released on Netflix in December 2022. Tekken Bloodline, a new anime series set in the world of Tekken fighting game universe. A whole new suite of mobile games developed by Netflix based on their TV properties, including a dating sim based on Too Hot to Handle and a chess game set in the world of The Queen's Gambit. Maybe the most interesting details were the quick trailers for a suite of indie games that will be coming to Netflix subscriptions and playable through the mobile app, including Spiritfarer, Raji and Ancient Epic, and three Devolver digital games including Reigns Three Kingdoms and Terra Nil, as well as a brand new title from the developer of the lo-fi cult classic Downwell Ojiro Fumoto, called Point P, a climbing game about crushing fruits to make juice and feeding the hungry beast on your tail. Finally, it's worth taking a quick look at some of the great indie games that popped up throughout the showcases, including the Day of the Devs showcase that took place towards the end of the Summer Games Fest stream. Australian-made Eldritch Horror meets Community Development Simulator Cult of the Lamb announced a release date of August 11 on all platforms, 
This one is going to be huge. Mark our words and you can listen to an interview with the Massive Monster team on our YouTube channel if you want to learn more about the origins of the game. A little to the left is a stylish puzzle game that involves organizing and tidying up a house and doing some quirky puzzle solving at the same time. It looks like a good one for the fans of Unpacking. Animal Well is a pixelated adventure platformer game from the developer Shared Memory. Here's the developer Billy Basso with the lowdown. To explore a surreal and sometimes dangerous pixel art labyrinth that is filled with secrets. As you explore, you'll encounter uh, various creatures, but it's not always clear if they're friendly or not. So it's best to proceed with some amount of caution. It has a gorgeous retro art style filled with glow-in-the-dark sprites and mysterious caverns and caves to explore. Stylish puzzle games continue with Birth from developer Madison Carr that explores themes of loneliness and isolation. It's all about constructing and creating a creature to keep you company by finding spare bones and organs strewn about a large, strange city environment. Goodbye World is a narrative game about two indie game developers reflecting on their passions and interests. It has a gorgeous retro Game Boy and Super Nintendo aesthetic. Angerfoot is a new game about kicking your way through all sorts of chaotic combat encounters. It's out from Devolver Digital in 2023. So get ready to kick baddies and exploding barrels left and right. Skate Story is an upcoming skateboarding fantasy game with a gorgeous aesthetic where you play a crystallized spirit made of glass skating through the underworld. One bad fall and you might smash to pieces. Devolver Digital will be publishing this one and it'll be out in 2023. The US Summer Games streams will be continuing over the next week with Microsoft and Bethesda's showcase rolling from Monday morning at 3am Australian Eastern Time and the PC Gaming Showcase starting at 5am. A massive feature from Kotaku Sissy Jiang has revealed this week the troubled working conditions for the team, developing Bethesda's multiplayer Fallout title, Fallout 76, citing massive burnout and alleged severe mismanagement. Jiang spoke to 10 former employees on the condition of anonymity who said the project was plagued by crunch, with developers working 10 hours a day and six days a week before launch. QA testers on the project were hit particularly hard with alleged mandatory overtime despite fixes that the QA team was supposed to be testing not actually being implemented in the game yet. Senior developers who had worked on some of Bethesda's most prolific titles quit, and many developers developed physical health issues such as tinnitus and back pain. The game launched with many bugs and issues in November 2018, perhaps due to the heavy toll enacted on the staff. We've linked the full story in the show notes. It's a harrowing tale for one of the most high-profile games of the last couple of years, but some really excellent reporting. Minecraft developers Mojang have released its first big update for 2022 called the Wild Update, which introduces new biomes to explore, new creatures to encounter, and new blocks to mine, and then craft. This update also marks an important milestone for the game that debuted in 2011, built in the web-based Java platform. Owners of a single license to either the Java edition or the Bedrock edition will now automatically get access to the other. Minecraft was originally coded in Java and has been the preferred way to play for many users since the original alpha, mainly due to it being more accessible for the modding community. But since taking over the brand in 2014, Microsoft has been putting most of its efforts into the Bedrock Edition, which is cross-platform on Xbox, PC, PlayStation, and the Switch. 
Unfortunately, this has meant that if you want to experience literally everything the game has to offer, you have to purchase it twice, one of each version or just pick one version and stick to it. Microsoft says this could take a few days to roll out, but once completed, Minecraft owners will see the alternative versions automatically appear next time they launch the game. Players who have managed to get their hands on a Steam Deck, Valve's portable gaming PC, are tending to stick to games that work pretty well on the other groundbreaking handheld, the Nintendo Switch, according to reporting from Kotaku. In a blog post on the Steam site, Valve points to the top titles on the platform, and they include games that already have a dedicated player base on Nintendo's hybrid console, including Hades, Stardew Valley, Binding of Isaac Rebirth, Slay the Spire, and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Elden Ring, one of the biggest games this year, also makes the list, which is only available on the current-gen platforms and PC, as well as the Valve's Aperture Desk Job, which is basically a tech demo for the Steam Deck. These games tend to have short jump in sorts of playstyles, which would suit the handheld consoles pretty well. No word on when Valve will open up Steam Deck orders for those outside of the US and Europe, so until then, us Australians will have to play these games on the Switch. A couple of opportunistic crypto scammers tried to cash in on one of the biggest games around this week, releasing the Fortnite token. And Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney quickly called it a scam. The team tried to claim that it was a decentralized project that it had no owner in response to Sweeney on Twitter, who replied, There isn't a Fortnite cryptocurrency. The Twitter accounts promoting such a thing are a scam. Epic's lawyers are on it. Also, shame on the cryptocurrency marketplaces that enable this kind of thing. NFTs and crypto aren't blanket banned on the Epic Game stores, unlike other platforms, which could be why Fortnite was targeted. The hit Battle Royale launched its Chapter 3 Season 3 update this week as well, which features skins for Darth Vader and Indiana Jones and a bunch of fun, fashionable characters that you could see on the catwalks of Milan. Sticking with cryptocurrencies and NFT, Square Enix have now clarified that the proceeds from the sale of their Western studios, Eidos, Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix Montreal, will no longer be going to fund crypto projects. The Japanese company sold the developers of Tomb Raider and DustX to the Embracer Group and at the same time said the money would be reinvested in blockchain projects as well as the cloud and AI. But in an investor update on the 13th of May, Square Enix president Yosuke Matsuda said that instead this was a portfolio reorientation. Rather than using the proceeds from the divestiture in new investment domains such as NFT and blockchain, we intend to use them primarily to fund our efforts to foster solid IP and to enhance our development capabilities in our core digital entertainment segment. We especially revisited our studio and title portfolios from the perspective of stepping up our offering of online titles that we develop for the North American and the European market. The crypto market value of all currencies crashed in May, wiping nearly more than 300 billion US dollars, which it struggled to make back up, which could be part of the reason why Square Enix isn't as gung-ho on the idea as it once was. The Embrace Group, which purchased Square Enix Studios, got a massive investment from the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Saudi Arabia this week, which has been investing massively in technology and gaming recently. According to reporting from Polygon through its subsidiary, the Savvy Gaming Group, the fund paid $1 billion US dollars for a chunk of Embracer, which itself owned Borderlands developer Gearbox, Tomb Raider developer Crystal Dynamics, and many, many more. In May, the Savvy Gaming Group bought 5.01% of Nintendo, worth approximately 2.98 billion US dollars. 
making it the single biggest shareholder of the Japanese company. The Saudi Arabian government is trying to diversify its economy, with some 70% of its income coming through fossil fuels and oil. But these investments have attracted criticism as the kingdom is known for alleged human rights abuses, especially for women and girls, as well as reported accusations of war crimes in Yemen. Good news for fans of video game soundtracks and those who create them. The Grammys have announced this week that they'll be creating a brand new award dedicated for video game soundtracks. The award will be known as the best score soundtrack for video games and other interactive media. And Harvey Mason Jr., CEO of Recording Academy, said in a statement that this was a response to an ever-evolving industry. We're so excited to honor these diverse communities of music creators through the newly established awards and amendments, and to continue cultivating an environment that inspires change, progress, and collaboration. The Academy's top priority is to effectively represent the music people that we serve, and each year, that entails listening to our members and ensuring our rules and guidelines reflect our ever-evolving industry. Earlier this year, arrangers Charlie Rosen and Jake Silverman won Best Arrangement Instrumental or a cappella for their big band arrangement of Meta Knight's Revenge from Kirby Superstar, which was only the second piece of music from a game to win a Grammy. Once you finish listening to this episode of Walkthrough, you should head to ABC Classic, Australia's national classical music station. They've counted down the top 10 soundtracks for the screen and tallying fan-voted soundtracks from video games, TV and film, with pieces from Pokemon, Final Fantasy, and much, much more. We'll stick a link in the show notes. Diablo Immortal arrived on phones and PC last week and has officially become the biggest launch in the series' history, as it turns out people do in fact have phones. The free-to-play title has been installed on 10 million devices, according to a tweet shared on the official Diablo account. Game director Wyatt Cheng said it was super exciting to see millions of players enjoying the game. The game has attracted a fair amount of criticism, however, due to its aggressive microtransactions, and with some reporting it would take around $100,000 to level up fully through in-game transactions. According to reporting from Vice Gaming, a thriving third-party grey market has popped up, with scammers soliciting inside the game chat, offering max-level characters for around $200 through account sales or to boost one of your characters to 60 for around 116 US dollars. And finally this week, the Call of Duty series will be returning to Steam when Modern Warfare 2 launches in October. Previous entries in the series, Black Ops 4, Modern Warfare, Black Ops Cold War, and most recently Vanguard, were exclusive to PC on Blizzard's Battle.net launcher. Warzone is also getting a big update titled Warzone 2, which will be a complete rebuild of the Battle Royale title and will be updated alongside the original Warzone title. Modern Warfare 2 will launch on October 28th this year, with Warzone 2 after that. That's it for news. Here are the games you'll be able to pick up this week, with all of these titles coming out on Thursday the 16th of June. Neon White, the card-based first-person shooter from Donut Country developer Ben Esposito, got a surprise launch announcement this week and will be arriving on Switch and PC. The action game tasks you with killing demons in heaven as fast as possible as you try to win a place in the rosier side of the afterlife with some very stylish gameplay and character designs. Redout 2, the sequel to 2016's Redout, the fast-paced F-Zero style racer from developers 34 Big Things looks fantastic. With a sleek art direction that feels like what I thought F-Zero X on Nintendo 64 looked like at the time, but absolutely did not. 
The first readout was received really well by fans, but somewhat flew under the radar because this is just a really niche genre. And Redout 2 looks to have built on its predecessor really well, featuring a bunch of different game modes and more than 70 tracks to race on. It's out on all consoles on the 16th. Tribute games have made their name building nostalgic spiritual successes, and this week they're taking one of the classic arcade titles with the brand new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. This classic style multiplayer beat-em-up features up to six players at once and might remind you of begging your parents for more money to play at the arcade. It'll be out on Nintendo Switch, PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4, as well as Xbox Game Pass. And finally, Starship Troopers Terran Command. This real-time strategy game is set in the Starship Troopers movie universe, which, if you haven't seen, is an absolute must as it's a certified 90s sci-fi classic. Terran Command looks really faithful to the films and gameplay looks like pretty stock standard RTS stuff, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It'll be available on Steam this Thursday. If you've got 15 minutes, we'll catch you up on the gaming news each Sunday on Walkthrough. This has been Walkthrough by Sifter. My name is Fiona Bartholomew. Thank you so much for listening. Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy, myself, Kyle Paletto, Daniel Ang, and Adam Christou. Mitch Lowe is senior producer and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the walkthrough theme tune. And thanks as well to Omni Studio for their support of Sifter's three podcasts. If you want to support some independent video game and journalism, why not head to the Sifter store, pick up an excellent video game inspired shirt designed and made in Australia. That address is sifter.store or go to sifter.com.au and click merch up the top and it really helps us to get to events and cover more titles. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with more news next Sunday. Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator Hironobu Sakaguchi made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade and every level in the game is a handmade physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.